This is Shift Run Stop, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. Hello, you're listening to Shift Run Stop. I'm Rue. I'm Naylor. Hello, I'm Simon. Welcome, Simon Hickson. Simon Hickson, yes. Alone, at last. Free! <laughs> <laughs> um, Simon Hickson, out of Trev and Simon. Now, you used to be the one with less hair of the two of you. I, well, I'm still the one with less hair, and even there. less now. But I never knew that was how we were described in our heyday. <laughs> it's probably not how... I don't think it was. I no. think it was. The most common description <laughs> that I kind of never quite got to terms with was, oh, are you the short one? And, you know, I mean, we're talking of half an inch at the most. You know, I always begrudge that, the short one. I suppose the northern one the might northern be the best. That, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Whereabouts are you from? Because you have still got an amazing accent. Uh, you have a weird hybrid accent. I don't know what it is. I'm from Salford. When you were doing going live, you uh-huh. had a you had a sketch. I think it was called the Sister Brothers. Yes. And the the both of you were doing sort of uh, Cockney accents. Well, not me. No, no maybe approximate. <laughs> I, I I now can't even do. Um, I can't do uh, any accents. I've been trying to entertain uh, my girlfriend Zoe by doing the Rolf Harris one for some reason, where I've been changing his line round. And, you know, he says, can you tell what it is yet? Yeah. I did this thing where I was going, can you tell me what it is yet? <laughs> which, which I don't, but then I go, can you tell me what it is yet? And it's like, not, it's not even like any kind of accent, but I'd just do anything to make her laugh, really. We were doing that, we went to a wedding the other week, and we stayed in this kind of disturbing bed and breakfast. And then about midnight... We were in the bedroom playing that, can you tell me what it is yet, game, which is completely innocent. And then suddenly I kind of knocking on the, oh, sorry, I've just knocked on the door. Is there someone next door? And then there was knocking on the wall and we had to be quiet and we felt like we were being naughty. You started your TV career with Trev in, I think it was 87, wasn't it? So yes. you did like, you did a whole 10 years of yes. appearing on Saturday morning telly. Yeah. How was that for you? And is it as exhausting as it, as it really seems to be? It's really not exhausting in, the, in that there are proper exhausting jobs. So, I, you know, it's, it's absurd to think of it as exhausting. It was a full week. I mean, people most probably, you know, people go like, oh, would ask us, do you just go and make it up? And obviously you don't just make it up there. <laughs> then. It may seem that way. But no, there would be a kind of whole process through the week of meetings on Monday, writing Tuesday and Wednesday or so. Sometimes rehearsal on Thursday, definitely rehearsal on Friday. And then the most common problem would be waiting to hear back from the PR people, from the guests, as to whether that guest would do a sketch with you. And I think the PR people were always a bit, until we were known, until there was a thing where they could go, oh, you should do a sketch with Trevor Simon. Oh, everyone does. Oh, they're great. Uh, But in the earlier years we were most probably hard sell and people would be kind of awkward. Or they'd agree to do it and then you'd get a message through on Thursday saying they'd change their mind and, you know, then you'd have to write again or whatever. So it wasn't hard work, but it was, you know, it took up more than just the Saturday morning. But also, many people may not know that you and Trev hosted a games show, computer games-related show called Games Republic. Yeah, how was that? Yeah, well, well, that was good, but I have a more interesting fact about that that you may not even know. (laughs) Impossible, um, I read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> they know everything. Yeah, but do you know who played our hooded um, assistant? No. Charlie Brooker. No oh. way. Yes. That's amazing. So we did we did 30 episodes in four days. Yeah, it was for, there was a, a, a channel called Dot TV, which was a kind of a satellite channel that just did computer games. And, well, actually, no, they did a few things about computer games, but I think the rest of it was much more boffin than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We were approached to do this thing, Games Republic, and 
they allowed us quite a lot of leeway with them to make things up and everything. We but we played we were dressed like Egyptians and it was basically just asking kids on to they would answer questions on computer games and then they'd play the actual games against each other. Mm-hmm. And that's where Charlie came in because he played a hooded monk figure who would give advice and information on all the games because he was as he still is an expert on all those kind of mm. things. He didn't have his character didn't have a name then. He was just the hooded monk figure. Like the stick. Yeah. Was he like yes. Yeah. We called him the stink. <laughs> no, we didn't. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> so we, we didn't call him. I can't remember. We called him the. You know, I'm trying to think of a word for that kind. Of, it wasn't the sage. It wasn't the oracle. It was. You know, it was some kind of pompous yeah. word. And but he, it was great working with him. I mean, at that point, he. You know, I, I didn't know him from anything else. But he was obviously quite a creative uh, bloke, and that he would come in and show us things. He'd make up fake leaflets. You know, when you go on holiday and you stay in hotels, and there was kind of. A4 sheets folded three ways, which are for the local attractions, waxworks, zoos, whatever. He made up fake ones for quite grotesque and bizarre attractions, <laughs> and, which was very funny, you know. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was good working with him on that. It was a bit crazy because the, um, what would it work out at? About five shows a day, and it was so low budget that they would record it onto video and have no editing facilities. Mm. So you'd, you'd start recording. And all you could do was pause. And if it went wrong, you could rewind and go over that. But that's right. So if you ever see any of it, and it's a bit shoddy, don't blame us. There was no water queue, and there was no editing facilities. So, you know, there was... Edited in camera. And this was in 99, so it wasn't, like, really early. No, no, it was just cheap. It wasn't to do with the lack of technology. It was just to do with saving money. Leila, how many bangles... On an average day, do you do you have on your arm? Because I'm looking at the table in front of us, and uh, more more bangles than I was expecting. Yes. I can't actually Sorry, count yeah. them even. It's like That's fucking quite... Aladdin's cave. Here. <laughs> One, two, three, Aladdin's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Do you even count them? Before I, uh, you put them no, on? I mean they Ten, come 11, as a 12, 13, 14, they come 15. as a batch. You don't you don't buy them separately, darling. Oh really? That's not how it works. Yes. So you get. You, you get. sort of walk into clothes accessories. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get a grab bag of, uh, of bangles. These were a pound in the sale. No. At, um, somewhere. A pound for the lot? Yep. That's so how can I refuse? It is a lot of bangles though, isn't it? Yeah. I think the thing is, and this is what, with my nails as well, when you don't see yourself, which you don't, you as a person... You look in a mirror. Yeah, but yeah. that's not your general way of looking at the world. The only parts you see of yourself, and I think this is probably true... About shoes as well. Yeah. You see your hands and your feet. That's pretty much it. You can you can examine other parts of your body by looking closer. But in general, yeah. out of the corner of your eyes, you tend to just see. So I think that's why sh- women like shoes and nails. And it just makes you feel a bit like a bit like you got dressed. It's like a, a bit, bit of jewelry, bit of bling. Yeah, a bit a bit more like a woman. It's quite nice. So that's that's probably what that's about. But they are pretty much the most noisy um, accessory. If, if they were around your neck, you'd look like Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> I would look like Mr. T. That's all it would take to complete my transformation. <laughs> what links Trev with Mad Men? Oh, I don't know. 
when we did a sketch set in a dry cleaners, mm. which uh, for people who watched us will know we have that catchphrase of we don't do do that. Oh, damn, you answered uh, my question. The, 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 um, the, the, the dry cleaner operators, who were these weird brothers, as most of our characters were, <laughs> were Don and Dougie Draper. So Trev was Don Draper, Draper. Mm-hmm, before Don Draper. Oh, he was the first Don Draper. I think they copied you. I yes, that's a good absolutely, absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of your other characters, uh, there was the world of the strange, where you yes. had the strange hair and, yeah. I don't know, facial hair. I think hair we tried to model them on Dickie Davis, which again, none of the kids would have known, <laughs> but yeah, we just liked kind of, we liked beards and we liked hair that had a streak through the middle, like a kind of badger hair. Yeah. And I suppose maybe your most fam- famous characters would have been, was it called The Singing Corner with Swing yes. Your Pants? Mm-hmm. Yes, was, uh, yeah, yeah. A recurring theme. Not with, well, with yeah, with Swing Your Pants, I like that. <laughs> The singing corner was swinging pants. Yeah, they did. The singing corner who did swing their pants and the character names. Someone asked me this the other day. They said, "What were they called?" And we never referred to their names on air at all. So no one, you couldn't watch and find out. But we obviously knew their names and their names. And I'm sorry, we're not that original with names because there's another Don coming up. But they were Don singing and Bob Corner. That's why they were called the singing (laughs) corner. But you would never have known it if you no, watched it. No. Watching uh, the sister brothers. Yeah. I, I, I know one of them was called Barry's sister. What was the other one called? Paul and Barry's sister. Paul, okay. I didn't like them. Right. <laughs> and I always felt ill at ease doing them. What was because, they, because they were meant to be kind of cockney wide boys. Yeah. That didn't fit with me at all. Um, fit with me. I don't even know that's a phrase. Okay. Sit with me. Oh, I like that for a programme idea. Sit with me. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that came about because our boss, Chris Bellinger, our boss, said they'd have competitions and he'd say, I need a new way of doing a competition. I want you to find two characters who can do competitions. Mm-hmm. He also said, paraphrasing like mad, it's a long time ago, but he most probably said something along the lines of, look, Trevor Simon, all your characters seem to be gay. Can you come up with some characters who aren't gay? <laughs> I don't think he did say that, but he may as well have said that. Right. Right? And he wanted, us, he wanted us to beef things up a bit and be a bit butcher. And again, like I said, I, I mean, the sister brothers were an attempt to do that. But as you can see, we maybe cleverly sneaked in a bit of subversion by calling them the sister brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they weren't my favourite characters. But um, Which were your favourite? Do you have a favourite? Oh, well... It depends. There'd be the difference between the characters early on and the characters later on. Mm. Once we're getting into kind of eight or nine years of it, mm. any characters that involved it, involved elaborate beards and moustaches <laughs> and wigs and everything, it was just so laborious doing all those quick changes. So I, I guess that affected me a bit. Mm. I'd plead with the makeup women. I'd go, please, just use tape, not glue. <laughs> but they were all professionals and they wanted to make it look real, you know. And I did one character. We did we did we did a thing called Blimey, that's good, which was a kind of piss take of, uh, kind of, um, I don't know what. It was sort of a, sh- I would say shopping channel, but then we also did PVC, which was a spoof <laughs> of QVC. But Blimey, that's good was more those ones where you know you're watching they have some weird household product you've never heard of and it's fantastic and whatever. And so we were like a couple of DIY guys, but I was particularly hairy and I had a wig, hair, chest hair, arm hair ear hair, the whole lot, and Trevor just teased me about that, and that was a bit laborious, changing into him. Why did you even we, write it that way? I mean, that just sounds like <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, because you just think of what will look good, you think what will look good, and then make someone achieve it, and then realise you've got to do it. <laughs> um, we got into trouble, with, not into trouble, but with Blue Peter. Blue Peter wanted, to, they were doing some programme about light bulbs, and someone thought, oh, it'd be a good idea to get the Blimey That's Good characters to do this light bulb feature, 
And incidentally, the blimey, that's a good thing. The whole point was one of them would present the, art, the article and the other would go, blimey, that's good. And then you'd try and sell it. So that was the catchphrase. And we went and did this thing for Blue Peter and then they sort of pulled us to one side and said, well, can you not say blimey, that's good? And we went, we went no, we have to say it. That's what they say. Why do you not want us to say it? And they said, well, because blimey means God blind me and we're not allowed to say it on children's TV. And I said, well, yeah, but I used to watch Basil Brush and he'd call people a Burke. And they'd go, yeah. So I had to explain to them the etymology. And when they... Do you know the etymology? No, no, sure well, although you say Burke, the, the actual thing of calling someone a Burke comes from the Berkshire Hunt. So you can figure it oh, out. So actually calling someone a Burke is very offensive. Yeah. But that's allowed on children's TV. So, and then just to tease them, I made one up. I said, can we say crikey? And they said... If you like, and I said, but that means Christ's keys. <laughs> um, and then they got, into, they got all flustered over that. I didn't know what to do. And in the end, they backed down. In the end, they did allow us to say, blimey. I'm on computers. I'm on the shoreway. Snack time, and we've got um, some lovely stuff sent in by Phil North, who's been living in Australia for a while. Hello, Phil North. Hi Phil, thanks for sending in these delicious looking I mean they are delicious looking this time, aren't they? They're not they're not weird or mysterious, they just look tasty. Well they do look tasty and excitingly they're recognisable brand names mm. but in a form that we've never seen before. Mm. So the two things here are Mars Pods. Mm. Is that or is it Pods with Mars? It's That's confusing. Pods with Mars, like some sort of collaboration. Well, let's describe it. So it looks like yeah. a kind of biscuity shell with a little melted Mars it's bar in the middle of it. Little sort of boat, isn't it? Little um, biscuit boat. I have to say, before I show you what these look like, I want you to take a good look at the uh, the artist's impression first. Okay, so I'm looking at the outside, I'm seeing a really quite mouthwateringly attractive, um, you've got a little crispy shell, you've got some chocolate, you've got some caramel, it's looking top. Yep. I assume that once you open the packet... What the fuck is that? <laughs> now, is this just because they've travelled incredibly loudly? I don't think it's just that rude. <laughs> oh okay, let's God. see if they taste I mean, as bad for a as they start, look. Most of them have fallen out of their shell. <laughs> and they're not they're not the dripping caramel sort of a salacious beauty that you see on the on the drawing. They're very dry and dusty looking. If a Mars bar isn't crispy enough for you mm. and you want a slightly kind of crispy Mars bar. <laughs> A Mars bar in a crispy shell. Um, yeah, what's I mean, what's that wafery stuff like? That's sort of um, like a cheap biscuit. Yeah, it's quite porous. Yeah, it's almost volcanic <laughs> in nature. It's it's a bit like That's pumice. Exactly what these are. They should have they should have marketed them as volcanic. I don't know debris explosions from a yeah mm. volcanic debris. Well, they taste all right. Mm. They are quite um quite Mars bar-y. I'm trying to take. I'm trying to find one that's not fatally damaged, but <laughs> all of them somehow. You sort of need to give them a quick wash before you um, <laughs> before you tuck into them. We are just wrecking this room. It's just covered in dust now. Yeah, they're very tasty, Phil. Thank you. We are mm. enjoying them. Um, they're quite sweet and quite unexpectedly dusty. What's obviously happened is the pumice outer shell has uh, been broken up and damaged in transit. Mm. And then unfortunately left a sort of powdery coating over the, mm. the nice chocolatey looking topping. They should have thought about that. It's good. It's not like anything else I've ever eaten, really. No. It's been like eating a tiny Mars bar ice cream. 
in a cone. Okay, I'm going to open the other. Uh, so I've opened uh, sweetie snack number two for today: crispy mint M and M's. Oh, they're all over the you shop. Really need to pour out. Mm. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's like M and M's, but minty. Is it? Is it? There's three different kinds here. I don't know which one to go for. And look, they've got they've got crunchy on the middle. Mm. That looks well nice. Mm. It's a bit of a head fuck though. It's weird, isn't it? Tastes like chewing gum. Mint chewing gum, mm. but in a kind of honeycomb mm. centre. So I've seen crispy M&Ms where it's obviously the crispy shell. Yeah. And I've seen, is it biscuit M&M? Where it's kind of like a biscuit in the middle. But imagine that biscuit being made of mint flavour. like an arrow. Oh, it's peculiar. It's not like an arrow at all. Well, the middle bit is. No. Isn't it? Just get get to the biscuity middle bit. Mm. I think it's more biscuity than um, chocolatey. You're right. It's yeah. It is biscuit. I'm just. It just sort of tastes a bit like an arrow. Yeah. It's chocolate and mint together. So it's um, quite a complicated um, little sweetness. Very complicated. How interesting. Oh, it's delicious. And I think, despite the three colours, I think they're all the same flavour. I was sceptical of chocolate mint, but then I just realised that, of course, there are loads of chocolate mint things you can get. Think of the after eight. And they're always delicious, yeah. Mm. Think of the mint viennetta. Um, the fries, mint yes. chocolate. The mint chocolate thingy. The, um, mm. Those dark uh, mint chocolates that are wrapped in foil and you have at Christmas. Oh, what yes. about those uh, twilights? These are brilliant. Oh. I'm eating them by the handful. Mm. You really is. Next to both, like a, some kind of addict. Mm. They're delicious. What lovely things. Thank you uh, once again, Philip North. You are uh, a, a snack hero. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. We were once told that if we pulled a stunt like this again, we would never be allowed on live TV. And that was when we did... It was the Sister Brothers. And it was a campaign Blue Peter were doing to buy incubators for hospitals. Mm-hmm. And we were the Sister Brothers and they wanted us to promote it. And then we were coming on and doing all of our ducking and diving and saying, collect this, send in this, because we're buying incubators for the hospitals. And I think me or Trev, one of us said something like, shouldn't the government be doing that? And we got really, we got into big, big trouble over that. And our boss said, if you ever say anything like that on air again, you will not be allowed to perform live. So most of your stuff was really scripted. And then just occasionally you'd throw in these... It was scripted, but it was live. So, you know, you never knew quite what could happen. Yeah. It was always tricky for us. We, you know, we thought we were from some kind of, you know, it was 87 and mm. we we thought we were part of whatever alternative comedy yeah. meant. I mean, we'd definitely come out of a, a world where there was a reaction against that kind of, um, well, you know, Bernard Manning type comedy. And every now and then there'd be guests on the programme who... Our boss was very indulgent with us, actually. I, I give him a lot of credit for that, because I'd say, I can't begin to do anything with them. Mm. And he'd go, mm, all right, all right. Mm. And occasionally go, okay, I understand, but will you at least have them on? And we'd have them on the voting thing for the videos at the end of the show or something. But, you know, we did 87 to 97, so we, I've only ever really done live TV under a Tory government. Mm. And I didn't like that. I'd always say to our boss, I'd say, why don't you get anyone on from Labour? And he'd go, and if this is a good enough answer, he'd go, they're not in power. You know, that's fair enough. But they would have politicians on every now and then. And I did find that uncomfortable. I, did, I do remember standing on the edge of the studio floor and turning and seeing this old guy who smiled at me. And I smiled back. And then I turned away and I went, Jesus, that's... And it was, what's his name? Kenneth Baker. Kenneth Baker, who was at the time Education Secretary, I think. 
I'm older now, and I would, you know, if the same happened, I'd most probably smile and just inwardly be angry. Mm. But then I was like, kind of. I, I know you're still friends with with Trev, but yes. are you are you still close? And do you still? Um, do you are we like? Is this some kind of William Hague question? Yeah, <laughs> like, how gay are you? <laughs> <laughs> we do go very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't see each other as much. I'm seeing him tomorrow. We've got a meeting tomorrow, but because we're still writing together. Mm. And at the moment, we're working on a film together. So, you know, we work together all the time, really. It'd be great if it does get made. And a radically different thing for us, because it's not a comedy. It's not something we'll be in. It is, it's a, it is a, I suppose, a feel-good film, you know. It's, it's got comedy in it. But it's not Swing Your Pants. <laughs> What's the pity? We always had the intention of doing a Swing Your Pants documentary that followed them back to so that they would have the, they had a goat farm somewhere in Denmark that they would go to every year <laughs> and everything. And, you know, we typical of sort of the way we work, we, that we will talk and talk about things. And every all the characters we did, oh, they they only existed for two or three minutes, mucking around with Jason Donovan or whatever. But we had a massive back history for them. We had everything worked out. You know, we knew their lives inside out. I think my favourite one, which did get banned, this got this. Oh, our boss said, "You've got to stop doing this now." Was when we did the dry cleaners, Don and Dougie Draper. That them, their parents had emigrated to New Zealand, so they were just left there on their own. But they needed help, and they had a character who worked in the dry cleaners. He only he only lasted about six weeks, and then he got cut because our our boss felt there was something odd about him. And he was called Mr. Fingerhut. And he was... Um, he. You never saw Mr. Fingerhut. You would only hear him. And he was out of the back with a dog. So you'd hear this dog barking like mad. And all you ever saw was Mr. Fingerhut's hands come out to grab garments because he was sewing and repairing them and everything. But we had this old history of Mr. Fingerhut, how he'd been smuggled into, um, into England in a bacon suit. Because he... <laughs> <laughs> he, he had he, he had to get, he came in in a container full of sort of meat and everything so he'd wrapped it, he'd had a suit made out of bacon so he could disguise himself amongst the meat to be smuggled into the country that's brilliant but he, no reference to it no no but he got banned I think I think the words were I think I was said he's too sinister it sounds quite sinister yeah. <laughs> Yeah, probably shouldn't have made so much of the, the bacon thing. No, but the bacon suit was never mentioned. Well, I know, head. but, you know, it was in your head, which is was probably picking up <laughs> when you were doing every time you decided to A, a suit make out, made out of bacon would be a great thing to wear. It'd be yeah. really difficult to get on and off. Uncooked bacon. Uncooked, yeah, more yeah. slices. It would attract dogs, like nobody's would, wouldn't they? Yeah, if yeah. you liked dogs, you could yeah. attract dogs. It'd look nice, though. Imagine the colours. It'd look like kind of a pink and white it suit. It wouldn't look nice. It, it would. would. Lady's a vegetarian. I can't imagine that you'd have. I should point out, by the way, that when we were doing this, we I'm not a vegetarian now, but we were then. But I suppose yeah. we didn't mind the idea of talking about bacon suits. No. Mm. No, I don't object to the, the word bacon in itself. No, but the idea of making extreme. a suit of bacon is... Above the threshold of, of meatiness that you would like to imagine. Yeah, um, I probably wouldn't wear it, put it that way. I wonder what you would advise somebody who was maybe 25 wanting to get into um, TV presenting or, mm-hmm. or, you know, kind of comedy on telly. Is it something that you would still say, you know, go for it? Or would you say, have a, have a fallback? Oh, I'd never say I have a fallback. No? My, uh, my, my Uncle Jack suggested, me and Trevor had a, a fallback, he suggested we got our HGV driver's licences. I don't suggest that to anyone. 
Um, I hate to get all poncy, but I would follow the David Mamet line. David Mamet did a book, which I think is called On Acting, aimed at actors. And he just says, if you're thinking of having a fallback, you're in the wrong job, really. Mm. I would say to someone who's 25, if someone said they wanted to be a presenter, I don't, I don't know how I would handle that. I don't know what to say to that. What does that mean? And and why? <laughs> you know, uh, and most presenters who have some kind of longevity are likely maybe to have backgrounds in journalism or writing of some sort. So in other words, they're doing something where they find they're also capable of then presenting it. When people just say, uh, as used as they would do with me, if people go, oh, I want to present on children's TV, it's a bit like, well, good luck to you. It's a, it's a bit, it's a, as much as it may seem disingenuous to say this, when me and Trev started doing what we did, there was no notion of fame or whatever. It, it, it was literally just, maybe that we're not suited to much else. You know, it's more that I can't do a proper job. I would, I, yeah, if you were 25 and you were thinking of wanting to be a comedian... Primarily, I would say, is that because it's the only thing you're going to be good at doing? Is it the only thing you want to do? Is it a passion? Is it a, dare I say, vocation? You know, is, it, is that the reason? If you, if you think it's to do with money, you're going to be immensely disappointed. <laughs> Unless you're lucky, you know, obviously. The fame, the fortune side of it is down to timing as much as anything, I think. Being in the right place at the right time. The fame thing is, is nice, you know. I, I, I think... As much as, again, this may sound like I'm lying or being cheeky or whatever, if I've had an element of fame, I can only think of it as a nice thing and something that's helped me because as much as I go on TV and dress up and whatever, I, I would be... I know it's, this sounds like a cliche, but it's just true. You know, I'd be quite... I'm not some smooth operator. You know, I'm a fairly odd person. And it's enabled sometimes me to be more at ease dealing with people because of the way they respond to me in some ways. So, you know, that's always been a nice thing. I've never had any eggs thrown at me or anything as a result of being supposedly famous. But, yeah, I would question their motives and then I'd encourage them to study as much as they can. You know, if you're going to go into comedy, you may as well watch... I know I've said I don't watch only Fools and Horses, but I have seen lots of comedy and I do <laughs> like comedy. Um, so it's good to know your world, but it's more important to and know your viewpoint, and know what you want to do with it. And then hope you can find a way that others will tap into that. And best advice I can ever give, particularly someone who's 48 and not particularly in much work, is the advice that Richard Curtis gave to me and Trev many, many, many years ago, when we were doing Saturday Morning TV. And I think it was Trev was out with his kids in London and just met... Richard Curtis and his family, and they sort of said hello, because we'd met through Saturday morning TV. And Trev said, oh, we're working on this now. And his advice was, never give up. Mm. So, never give up. You know, you can only do what you do, so keep on doing it, really. So, listeners, we do this thing, if you're new to the show, pretty much most weeks we try some sweets out. Um, if you are in a different country, then we will try out your local delicacies mm. under the banner of around the world and 80 snacks we've probably only done about five countries so far japan comes up a lot we've done china yeah we do we had the duck's tongues from china mm-hmm. uh we spent about a month exclusively on south africa yes when i bought back a sack of south african That's, sweets yeah this is i mean this is my tip really don't send too many because no. it will take us ages to get through them two or three things is fine mm-hmm. 
cheaper as well. Exactly. So we've done. We've done. This is going to be one of my questions on your quiz. Oh, what countries have we covered on? Yeah, the, uh... but I can think of. I can think of it. Mm. We've definitely done Japan, Japan, China, uh, Spain. Spain. We should have a world map that we colour in. I know. I was thinking that we should put it on the website. Can we do a thing with a pin? Or we could do a Google map with a pin. I think we probably could do that. Also, I had a thought this week. I was setting up a forum for a new website my brother's mm-hmm. launching. Oh, yeah. I thought we should have a Chevron Stop forum. Go a bit old school. Oh, Wouldn't that'd that be, be cool? cool. But what if everyone goes all mean and starts... we ban them. Right. Even be in charge. Hmm. We keep an eye on it. Say hello to people. It's a good idea. We could tell people which guests we've got coming up. And then they could suggest questions. I thought that would be a you know mm. useful thing to use it for. Mm-hmm. And uh, general chiffre and stop chatter. Mm. And keep people up to date with the chiffre and stop games event. Exactly. <laughs> Which I think we should plan for episode 50, the live games event. Oh, we I think that. we should do that. Episode 50. Cool, let's do it. Okay, games special episode 50. Uh, you can help us plan it mm. by coming to the new forum at uh, forum.chiffreandstop.co.uk. Okay. Everybody's <laughs> face like I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm making it up. But that's possible, isn't it? We could have one of those. I think that'd be fun. What do you perceive as the difference between um, Saturday morning telly when you were when you were working in that in it and how it is now? You were quite near the beginning of the history of kids TV, really. Well, when we were the first in terms of the history of Saturday morning children's TV, the only things before us had been. Superstar and Swap Shop on BBC, which didn't have any... They would have had comedy elements, but they yeah. didn't have any people brought in solely to do comedy. And then Tis Was, which, was mm. which did have comedy in it and did have comedians in it, but the BBC, the BBC would never have done anything like that until many years later with Dick and Dom. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think we were the first attempts at comedy on children's Saturday morning TV on BBC... Mm. Now is really weird because uh, you have to go to BBC Two now. If you put BBC One on, it's all cooking. Mm. Kids must love cooking. I can't believe that. I, we we never did any chefs. We had a couple of um, ideas for prison chefs, and Trevor would never let me do it because I wanted us to be prison chefs, and I, their, their catchphrase was going to be "Keep on spooning." And I, don't, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why that was good, but Trev, and Trev wouldn't allow it. I think it made him feel a bit kind of nervous and edgy. A little bit sinister. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Is that? Is that? Or was it keep on again? stirring? Or maybe both? I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, all kids get now is cookery. No, it's different now, of course, because there's so many channels. You can kind of find your own thing wherever you look. But I remember going live. I remember being amazingly excited about it. Mm. You would get up for it. Yeah, like, you would deliberately really choose to oh, watch that's it good. because because there wasn't anything, and then suddenly there was. Yeah, there and was this thing, and it was for you. Yeah, it was funny. That was like it was all about being funny with the mm. Gordon the Gopher. And it needed to be. You couldn't have done yes. a dead straight mm-hmm. thing, obviously. Chris like, Barry was on it once. Was he? Yeah, it was amazing. I was so excited. Yes, he was really quiet, sort of serious, and it was a bit like Ace Yeah. I think I saw the episode where was it Five Star got some abuse from somebody phoning oh, in. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah. well, even if you didn't see it, you may think you've seen it because it's been shown so often on all those kind of clip shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it wasn't that big a deal. It's yeah. just everyone just likes to build up the mythology of it. Even as a kid, it didn't happens. feel that big at the time. Yeah, and there was a phone in, uh, and it was sort of ask five star your questions, and yeah. there were a few that were you know kind of straight. Oh, was it like why are you such a cunt? Was well, exactly <laughs> that. Why are you so fucking crap? Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I, I suppose the fuss of it was that 
all of the questions are supposedly vetted in advance. Mm. Mm. But you know, it's live TV and some kid phones up and they can lie. Kids yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I always used to try and get on to those. Did shows. you? Yeah, I was always I on, they always engaged there because there was the games that you could play. That you press yes. the buttons on your phone and it would move the characters. You'd have been disappointed if you'd ever got on as a guest as a kid mm. because you would have realised that you were. It was a very abusive system the BBC had in place. They would abusive. <laughs> They That's would ferry the kids in and out. Right. You weren't allowed to watch the whole show. You would oh, be yeah. ferried in and out and used when you were needed. Wow. And, the, uh, and when you weren't needed, you were stored in a basement. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. This isn't a joke. Like you were stored in a basement and given pop and sweets to make you go... Oh, 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 like that. That's, That's why quite good. So hyper. Yeah. And when, uh, when Marty Pellow... Mm. Pellow? Hello? Pillow. Marty Pillow. Pillow. Wet Marty Pillow from Wet Wet Wet. Mm. Well, not just him. When Ooh. Wet 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 were on, yeah. he refused to do anything with any children in the studio. So they kept them in the basement. They had to keep them in the basement whenever yeah. Wet Wet were on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming in. It's been so fun. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me along on the Nost trip. <laughs> You're our favourite. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Come shake your tail at me. Sega. Computers. Ooh, Danon. <laughs> oh, and another one of my favourites. Ricola. You don't see that one as much now.